Please rise as you are able for the reading of today's gospel lesson from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 29 to 42. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and he watched Jesus walk by, and he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Good morning, church. You look beautiful. Amen. That is so wonderful. I just love it. You're not hard to train at all. <laughs> Church family and friends, thank you for being here today on this cold Sunday morning. Now, I would not preach too long as I know the Titans play and kickoff, I believe, is at 2.05 p.m. And you need to get home to prepare for the big game. Amen. Now, y'all can't see, but up under this robe, I'm two-tone blue today. <laughs> I have a navy blue suit and powder blue shirt. Go Titans. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, wonderful God, awesome God, our Father in heaven. Lord, we just love you, and God, we thank you, and we praise you, God. Lord, thank you so much, God, for allowing me this opportunity, God, to be used by you, God, to preach and teach your word to my sisters and brothers, God. Lord, give us eyes to see what it is you are doing in our lives, God, what you're doing in the world. Give us ears to hear, God, what you're saying to us, what you're calling us to do as your children. Give us a mind to comprehend and understand the call that you have on us, God. And give us a heart, God, to receive all that you have in store for us. So speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. We, your servants, are listening. God, I asked you to empty me 
of me and fill me up with your Holy Spirit. Allow your Holy Spirit to preach this sermon today, God. Not my will, but your will. And may the words that come out of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 All right, I'm just making sure you up this morning. Last week, Brother Davis preached on the baptism of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, where John the Baptist baptizes Jesus, and Scripture tells us that the heavens open up and a dove from heaven descends from heaven and rests on Jesus. Then Scripture tells us that a voice from heaven cries out, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. As we remembered our baptism last week, remember us as clergy, we had bowls with water and we put the sign of the cross on your forehead and we said, beloved child of God, remember your baptism and be thankful. Brother Davis in the sermon, after he preached about the sermon and told us that we were beloved, he charged us to something at the benediction. He said, brothers and sisters, today you are beloved children of God. Now go out and live it. But today I would like to add on to that, not only to live as a child of God, but also to choose to be a follower of Christ. In our lesson today, John the Baptist has just witnessed to the Pharisees about who he is not. So the Pharisees are asking him questions. John the Baptist, are you the Messiah? He says, no, I am not. They say, well, are you Elijah? He says, no, I am not. Well, are you a prophet? He says, I am the voice crying in the wilderness, make straight the path of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. You see, John the Baptist was the first witness of Jesus's identity and Jesus's mission. In our text today, John shifts that attention away from him. He says, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. And John testifies in his own words about Jesus. John identifies Jesus as the lamb of God. This is the language that the people understood because for the Israelites, the Lamb of God evokes the Passover Lamb, and it was a symbol to the Israelites of our deliverance. Yes, He is the sacrificial Lamb for our deliverance. And you notice He says, Who came to take the sin of the world? Sin is singular here, not sins, but sin. And it's singular as it emphasizes the world's collective alienation from God and from one another rather than my sins or your sins. No, the sin of the entire world. John also identifies Jesus as the pre-existent one, meaning John is testifying that Jesus in the beginning was the word, meaning that it was before time and before him. John also identifies Jesus as the barrier of the Holy Spirit, 
John testifies that Jesus is the one whom the one who sent me to baptize in water will baptize with the Spirit. John is testifying that I was there when the dove came from heaven and rested on Jesus, but it rested on Jesus permanently. You see, in those days, the prophets would anoint you, and their anointing was temporary. But John was letting them know, no, this is the permanent anointing from God. Amen? John also identifies Jesus as the Son of God. John testifies to this unique relationship between God and Jesus. Remember in John 1 where it says, in the beginning was the Word. Then if you go down to verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and lived among us. And if you go down to verse 18, it says, no one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. This scripture reminds me of my childhood growing up in a Christian home and going to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. Can I get an amen? Because I know some of y'all in here went every Sunday and every Wednesday. Between my grandmothers, my mama, and my nanny, someone was always talking about Jesus. Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the afternoon, Jesus at dinner, Jesus at bedtime. Lord have mercy. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. One of my grannies had me convinced that she had a direct line to Jesus. When we would get in trouble, she'd line us up in front of us, in front of her, put her hands on her hips, and she'd look up and say, what you say, Jesus? Mm-hmm. And she looked back at us, and we were solely convinced that that granny had a direct line to Jesus because every step we made, somehow she knew what we were doing. And my other granny, everything that happens in her life was Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Jesus, help me. Thank you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. When I would go to her and talk about my life, she would say something about Jesus. Church, I heard about Jesus, yet I did not know Jesus for myself. John's testimony directs the disciples to follow Jesus. This is a true characteristic of discipleship. Your witness should direct someone to Jesus. So church, I asked you this morning, do you know who you're following? Is it Jesus? Do you know about him? Have you heard about him? And if you know about him and you've heard about him, are you leading people to him? Now, you don't have to answer that. You can nod. You can say amen, hallelujah. It's okay to respond. Amen. You see, it's one thing to hear about Jesus and another thing to know Jesus for yourself. Now, understand something here. Jesus does the inviting because Scripture tells us that John testifies to the two disciples, and they choose to follow Jesus. 
When Jesus realizes that they are following him, he stops, he looks back, and he asks the question, what are you looking for? You see, church, in order to follow Jesus, you must seek out God. Mm, I like that. Somebody said, mm, amen. They asked Jesus an important question. Rabbi, where are you staying? You like that? Rabbi, where are you staying? This is an important question. See, they're not just asking like where you're physically staying, but also they understood the word staying, which is a Greek term, meno, to mean what is your relationship? What is your connection to God, to the Holy Spirit, and even to us? So scripture tells us that Jesus looks at them, and I love the way Jesus responds to people. They said, Rabbi, where are you staying? And Jesus says, come and see. <laughs> Disciples must first choose to follow Jesus, and they must come and see and experience for themselves the truth of Christ. Amen? You've got to come and see yourself. See, like John the Baptist witnessed to the disciples and pointed them to Jesus, the witness of my grannies and my mama and my nanny led me to Jesus. Church, it wasn't until I had my midnight hour, and I'm sure you've all had a midnight hour too, that time when I was lost, I was broken, and I was hurt, that I remembered the words from my granny they were so clear to me when my granny told me, Toy, when you are lost and confused, call on Jesus. When you are scared and lonely, call on Jesus. When you don't know what to do and your back is up against a wall, call on Jesus. She told me, she said, it doesn't matter what time of day it is, where you are, what you're doing, or who you're with. You can always call on Jesus, and Jesus will come and see about you. Amen, church? Amen. And church, let me tell you, I tried it for myself. I called on Jesus in my midnight hour. And church, I'm going to tell you, I was set free that day. I was delivered that day. Something happened to me that day. I got that warm feeling that day. I heard the voice that day. I remember that day. And now I understood what my mama and my granny and the pastors and the church, I understood why everybody said Jesus. Because I had the experience for myself. But you see, that experience inside of me, it caused me not to be still. Now, if you know me, you notice I'm never still. <laughs> Even if it's reading or singing or standing, I rock, I move my hands, I've got to move, church. I just can't be still. Because after that midnight hour, it just won't let me be still. And so I had to share my experience with someone. I had to witness about Jesus, what Jesus has done in me and for me and through me. It was no longer only about me. I had to go out and I had to tell somebody else what Jesus has done for me. Church, you are witnesses. You are witnessing for people. You are sharing your testimony. Are you sharing it? Tell somebody your story. Church, it's time to get real. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Church, it's time to get real and to tell people what Jesus has done for you. 
The church is dying because we won't step up and speak out. The church is dying because we come to church dressed up, looking sophisticated and educated, and we're broken on the inside, and we need to tell somebody what happened to me and how Jesus came in and talked to me, and Jesus set me free, and the person that you see today ain't the person I was a little while ago if it had not been for Jesus. Amen. That wasn't in my script, but praise the Lord. I guess the Holy Spirit wanted me to say that this morning. So you might not get that to other services, but you got it this time. Amen. Church, you got to tell someone how Jesus came to the pit, your darkest moment, when you had lost all hope. And Jesus took his hand and he pulled you up out of the pit. Church, you better testify and witness to people about how good God has been in your life. The same way John witnessed to the disciples and the women of God in my life witnessed to me, your witness can lead someone to Jesus. Church, we are all sitting here today because of the witness of someone. Maybe it was a loved one, granny, mama, daddy, aunt, uncle, a pastor, a Sunday school teacher, a friend, whoever it was, they planted a seed in you. And through their witness, they brought you to Jesus. I am a living witness. Once you choose Jesus, you can't stay still. <laughs> you must go and tell somebody, anybody, whether they want to hear about it or not, about Jesus. Once you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you must not only go and tell, but you must bring others to Jesus. Scripture tells us that Andrew, after spending time with Jesus, because he spent a little time with Jesus, and something happened when he spent time with Jesus, he probably couldn't be still. I know that's what I would have, I just would have been so just, woo, anxious. And he couldn't keep still, and then Scripture says he had to go. See, right after he had an encounter with Jesus, he had to go. That's what we're supposed to do. We have an encounter with Jesus, we got to go. And the Scripture says he had to go, and he had to go get his brother. He said, Peter, stop what you're doing. We have found the Messiah. We got to go. You see, Andrew understood the urgency to go and bring his brother to Jesus Christ. Church, you can't keep Jesus to yourself. You have to share Jesus. Church, you are placed around people every day that need to know about Jesus. Sometimes you may have to remind yourself about Jesus. Amen. Monday, we will celebrate as a nation Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Dr. King understood what it meant to be a beloved child of God and a follower of Christ. Dr. King saw injustice and inequality of humanity. He witnessed the ugliness of racism and all the isms and other oppressive systems and structures. He spoke up and he spoke out for justice and equality of all people 
Amen. And I'm standing up here today because of Dr. King and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, God, and all those that are praying for me. Church, I am not saying we all must be like Dr. King. Yet what I am saying, we all should be doing something to witness to people through our actions and through our deeds. Let me ask you a question, church. What do people see when they see you? Do people see Christ? What is your testimony? What is your witness? Are you bringing people to Christ? How are you embracing people when you encounter people? Are you warm? Are you welcome? Do you include all people? Church, you need to tighten up. <laughs> I had to get that in there to represent. Church, you need to tighten up and share with others the goodness of Jesus. You need to go and tell people all the things Jesus is to you, what Jesus has done for you, what Jesus is doing for you, and what Jesus will continue to do for you and through you. You need to introduce people to Jesus, invite people to church, share your testimony, sing praises, worship, be loose, respond, say hallelujah, amen. Let people see the Jesus in you. Only you know what you need to do. And church, I pray that you will do it. Tighten up in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let the church say amen. amen. <laughs>